Welcome to Power to Speak, the podcast. I'm Jackie Goddard, and it's my mission to help people market themselves effectively and show up powerfully for their audience by using their voice and their story to share their message and ideas. Not only does the podcast allow me to talk to interesting, inspiring and successful individuals, but it gives me and you, dear listener, the opportunity to learn from the best. Whether business or thought leader, entrepreneur or author, what's been their journey and how have they used their voice and their story to create that success? In this episode, I talk to marketing and advertising specialist Janine Coombs. Her work title is Chief Offer Creation Genius, and she works with service-based businesses to turn their lukewarm offers into sizzling hot must-haves. Janine is known on social media for her colourful, humorous and unashamedly positive videos and posts. Despite the fun and frivolity though, there are many words of wisdom from Janine as we discuss wants versus needs, finding your brand voice and clarity in what you're selling. Enjoy. Welcome to Power to Speak, the podcast with my gorgeous guest today, Janine Coombs. And Janine, you are a must-have offer expert. Yes, so let's you, call me that. Thank you for having that. me, by the way. You are more than welcome. And I'm yeah, very, very, very pleased that you're here. Um, I like the fact that on your LinkedIn, you've put you are the chief offer creation genius. Yes. Maybe break it down for us a little bit. Just tell us a little bit about what that means and what it means to your clients. Well, let's try and put it in a nutshell. I've I've been running my own business for nearly five years now. And when I first started, I had all this baggage from corporate and um, perfectionism and wanted to hit the ground running and um, completely overwhelmed by all the social media and the content marketing and everything was being sold as it's all new everything you know about marketing is 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 wrong it's dead it's gone it's it's time for a new way to do things um, and it really it wrong-footed me completely. I jumped into the social media. I set myself up on every single social media platform there is uh, because I thought if I'm going to help people with marketing, they're going to expect a marketer to know everything. I mean, who's meant to know everything about any specialist topic? It's just ridiculous. But anyway, that's that's what I put on myself. Um, and um, I jumped into the trying to build an audience and I jumped into the being on social media and creating content but nobody, like I work with various people um, on their specialism, um, but nobody seemed to be helping me or other people in my situation with what they were actually offering. And I think that's a, um, a thing that's particularly hard for service-based business owners and not product-based business owners. Product-based business owners have their own issues. But when you have a product-based business, you've got the product. Hopefully, you've already done the testing and trialing and tweaking and making sure your physical product is fit for market and people actually want it. And you are just trying to sell as many as you can, get in front of the right people, get in front of the right um, audience who might want want your stuff. Whereas when you're a service-based business owner, um, that proposition that you're putting out there, that actually takes quite a while to work out what exactly is going to work? How do you position it? 
how do you put it together? What's the price? What's the messaging around it? Why should somebody buy it? Um, and there's a lot more that goes into it, I now realize, than you might first think. So I, I, like many people, I see people jumping into the social media, jumping into trying to create an audience, build an audience, and they don't actually know what they're selling at all. Yeah. And so so really, it's about making sure that what the, the service that you are offering is one that people want to buy. Yeah. Yeah. And another, I mean, I've I've done this several times over the last few years, but it's so tempting to sell people what you know they need. Oh, you need to do this, buy this. Can you not? Why can't you see? You need to buy this. And you go into education mode. You're like, well, can, can I not just explain why you need to do it like this? And I need to help you like this. And actually, the way to sell something, the way to engage people is talk about what they want. And yeah. and everybody makes purchases based on their emotion first. So connecting with what they want and then saying, OK, so this is what you want. And in the very discussion and the very um, way that you present that and engage them with that conversation, you know, what do you actually want? They then understand that you're the right person for them. Yeah. And you can do yeah. that whole sort of put off people who you're not for and attract people who you are for. And then you can say, right, you want this outcome? I know what you need to do. Yeah. Work with me. I'll take you through these steps. But they're not they're not ready for the steps until you've sort of they've made the decision that you're the right person for them. They've made that emotional decision. Mm. Because I'm just wondering in terms of what I do, which is obviously voice and presentation and building people's confidence around speaking in public to whatever audience that may be. I've done a couple of um, articles recently telling people what they need. You know, this, this is the way of the world now. We need to be vis you know, visible. We need to show personality. We need to be confident. And actually what you're saying is I need to find out, stop telling them what they need and find out what it is that they want, which I assume for me would be they, they want to feel more confident when they stand up in front of an audience. Yeah, I think there's a place in amongst your content for that kind of um, explanation. I do think there's a place for it. But if you're going to talk about, I suppose it's it's nearer the point of sale. If, if for instance, you were writing a sales page, you would start with a call out to exactly who you're trying to appeal to and empathize with where they are and sort of say, yes, you are here either I've been here myself or, or, you know, my clients have been in your shoes and I can understand what you're going through. And I understand that this is what you want. So for, for an example, for you, um, it might be that you're, you know, why do they, why do they want to get more confident? Why do they want to be able to be confident speaking? Is it because they want more speaking gigs? Is it because um, they um, want to do themselves justice? Do they want are they, do, want to, do they want to be proud of themselves? Do they, um, is it something to do with their business? Do they want to establish themselves as an authority? Do they want to launch a book in the future? You know, all these things, which probably if you, you know, you get to know when you work with more and more clients and, and when you, when you realize that there's a certain section of clients you really enjoy working with, who have certain personalities and certain, um, there's themes, isn't there? then yeah. you might come across a client, you're like, oh dear, I do not gel with that person for some reason. You sort of think, okay, these people I do gel with and we click because of these reasons. Then you theme your offer around that. Yeah. And I know uh, in a conversation we had at You Other Media Network that we met uh, in person at a couple of weeks back, yes. a month ago, actually, mm. um, that uh, that you've, you've slightly 
pivoted to pivoted horrible word let's not use that word you've slightly changed your your offer to selling you know packaging people's offers yeah so what was that transition what why is that did you think that was is, is more important what I did I mean it does look like a pivot horrible word mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think we all know what what, what we mean by pivot yeah, yeah. um it looked like a change of direction, but actually it was a tightening of uh, of my position, basically, because when I looked at what I actually did, because I, I was calling myself a marketing coach for a year or so, I was trying trying the title on, um, seeing whether it fitted. It was too broad. I mean, I'm, I'm a marketer and unfortunately, marketers are often the worst at doing their own messaging and marketing. Uh, it's so hard to do your own thing. And I did actually go to somebody else, a messaging expert and say, look, please help me. What do I do for people? What do I do? Um, And I just talked at her and she said, oh, you help people with their offers. And I was like, yes, I do. (laughs) Yes. How has that hidden been hidden from me for so long? That is actually what I have been helping people do. Okay. I do also help people promote themselves, promote their offers. um, If they need help audit, audience building then yes sometimes it, it it goes into branding and that kind of thing but actually the core of what I am doing is making sure that what they are offering to people is packaged up in an attractive way is packaged up as a as a must-have now not a maybe next year nice to have um and it, it's it's offers that my clients enjoy delivering and are passionate about and proud of and their clients see the value of and it clicks with them and they make that emotional connection because of the way the offer is packaged up. So yeah. it's kind of what I was doing all along. And it took me working with somebody else for me to realize that's what I've been doing all along. And now yeah. I'm saying, oh, it just it, it's felt really natural. It's like, ah, yes, yes, yes. This is this is what I this is what I'm doing. It's not new. It's just clearer. Yes. Yeah. And, and I, I had a situation uh, similar to that. I was in a breakout room on a, a, an online course I was doing with two women and we were explaining what we did to the other people just to see if they knew what it was that we did. Mm. And so I explained what it was I did and I said, OK, OK, ladies, what is it that I do? And one said you help people market themselves effectively, which I hadn't even considered. Mm-hmm. And the other one said you help people show up powerfully in the world. And I thought, oh, I like that. Um, but yeah, it's it's not until you actually ask somebody what it is that they think you do, <laughs> mm. kind of you get that clarity yourself. Yeah, yeah, it and is. It's, it's a bit it, circular, isn't it? Yeah, and it was. Yeah, you know, I realised that it was something that I'd always been doing, but I didn't know how to how to describe it or or, or how to do that. So how did, why did you move then from the corporate world and decide to start your own business? Well, the simple answer and the short answer is um, I fell pregnant with my first child and I was intending to go back to work. And then um, I just thought, I can't be bothered. <laughs> a commute, A commute into London and... I just thought, gosh, the commute. And then it was an interesting, it was one of these typical motherhood journeys where when I first fell pregnant, I wasn't particularly maternal. I was like, oh gosh, 
Um, am I going to do a good enough job? Maybe, you know, it'd be better for me to go back to work and then hire a professional <laughs> to look after my child during the day because, you know, I've never done this before. I've got no experience of children. And then um, I put in for, I think I put in for nine months of maternity leave. And a few months in, I was like, how can anyone possibly look after my child as well as me? They won't know, you know, what his favorite toy is. They won't know how to sing to him. And um, it flipped. And I thought, I can't, yeah, I don't want, I don't want to go back to work. I'd rather stay at home with him um, for the foreseeable. It didn't take too long before I was seeking other stuff, though. I was sort of, I was like, oh, okay, well, he's got a nap. What do I do with my brain while he's having a nap? Um, so, you know, I had a, another child a couple of years later. And as soon as she started going to nursery, I was, I was looking for things to do. And I was sticking my nose into my, friends so a few friends set up um their own businesses service-based businesses and I was just like oh why are you doing that that doesn't make any sense and why are you using that advertising and um then I thought do you know what I should just you know stop bothering my friends and actually set up a business yeah <laughs> to, help, to help people who actually want the help yeah I mean obviously I've I've followed you for a couple of years on yeah I've stalked you basically on uh, LinkedIn and other other places and I know we we know a few sort of connections with Tricia Lewis and uh, you on the media and and, and mm. things like that um but I I think you I think it was Tricia that mentioned you to me for the crazy videos and the dressing up and the performing side so what made you think that that was a good idea? What did you, I mean, and, and it, you know, it is, it has, it has made you, you know, stand out from the crowd. It has, it's your brand, you know, it's this kind of fun side of marketing, but what was the, the, the thought process behind that? I mean, there's, there was very little thought, if I'm honest, <laughs> <laughs> there weren't many thoughts. Um, the story goes that a friend of mine on LinkedIn, who was at the time, she was doing more video than me. And she had a guy say to her, do you know what? I teach people how to use video. Would you like some free feedback, you know, to get more impact and more, more response and more um, whatever leads and whatever you want from video. And she said, oh, go on. And, you know, I'm open to feedback. And, uh, the feedback he gave her was so specific and personal that she posted about it on LinkedIn and said, you know, come on, let's have, let's have a discussion. Let's have a mature discussion. Do you think a man would have got this feedback? Um, am I taking it too personally? And it was things like your voice is too high. You sound like a primary school teacher. Try lowering your voice on video. Wear different clothes because you look, look too young. I mean, this is a woman in her 30s. Not that it matters. She could have been 20, but um, you look too young, perhaps wear um, sort of older looking clothes and perhaps a set of pearls. Oh, I mean, God. it was so specific. <laughs> it was hysterical, it was absolutely oh. hysterical. So I'm she re responded this. really maturely and put, put this um, video on and said, you know, what do we think about this? My response was just like, this is so hilarious with feedback that I now want to go on video with a set of pearls. Also, he said, put more makeup on. So I put a plaster makeup on, put on a stupid voice. I just couldn't, I couldn't help myself. I, it really did not feel like the right thing to do, put a silly video on LinkedIn. Nobody was doing 
silly videos. I mean, there's loads of people dressing up on LinkedIn now, but at the time nobody was doing it. And I, it was just a gut reaction. I must take the mickey out of this feedback because it's hilarious. So I did a, a little short video of me saying, oh, this is how you, this is how you become, you know, a credible expert and um, lots of makeup and set of pearls and, and that kind of thing. And I just, I just pressed publish and I was like, oh my God, I've just ruined my business. <laughs> I couldn't help it. And the reaction I got was astronomical. It was like so many people said it was hilarious and really funny and um, you know, one, one woman, uh, messaged me, personally messaged me and said, thank you very much. Um, that's the first time I've laughed in months and months because, um, I've been going through cancer treatment and oh. nothing, just haven't found anything funny. And that made me laugh. So thank you. And I was like, oh my God, I'm a comedy genius. <laughs> I should do this more. <laughs> I have a gift. Um, uh, Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll come on to that. But I just, I just talking about the reaction you get from LinkedIn when you when you post stuff. I mean, I have to show this photograph. Yeah. <laughs> so you posted this not not long ago, and I think it was after a bit of a hiatus that you that that you had yeah. and you came back <laughs> with this <laughs> a fantastic fantastic photograph, and I just it made me smile when I saw it, and. And yeah, just just explain a little bit about the reaction that you why you posted it, and it? and yeah, what reaction you got to it. Well, like many people, especially people with children that they were homeschooling, I haven't had as much time and energy for social media, so I I hadn't been posting any videos, barely any photos of myself, which is part of my brand now, and like my face is all over everything. Um, so I thought, you know, I'd. The kids are back at school. I had a bit more energy. I was like, right, here, here I am. I'm back. I'm going to be doing videos. Let's reintroduce myself. People groan at those reintrodu reintroduction um, posts, but they're such a good idea. You, you might have connected with new people. Anyway, I did one of those reintroduction posts, you know, hi, it's me. You might not recognize me. I've had my hair cut and things. And I wrote it all and I was looking for a photo to attach and um, I just couldn't find any. All of them, I, the ones I've taken recently with my hair short, were, were me that I've taken for thumbnails and things. There were no just sort of candid ones of me not posed. So that one, I thought, oh, there's, I'll have a look at my holiday snaps. So that one was taken by my sister on holiday. We went, we go on holiday every year as a family. And um, I thought, oh, God, it's it's not very flattering. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very flattering, but I'll it's the only one that's <laughs> it's the only one that was kind of candid and um, unposed without me sort of pointing with a sort of an, an ugly background. So I posted it sort of on a whim. I just thought, oh, that will do. You know, hopefully not many people will see it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how many views did it get? Oh yeah, it's it's had eight thousand views, I think, by the last look, wow. which is one of my better performing posts recently. And why do you think? Why do you think that is? Why do you think those kind of posts, you know, a bit a bit like the the um, the one the dress up one in the in the beginning? Why do you think people resonate with those? I think it's I think it's a pattern interrupt. I think it's like a oh. So I had some people comment, you know, oh, I didn't expect to see that on LinkedIn. It was a bit of a, 
you know, most people who are sharing photos of themselves, they are they are trying to look presentable. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas that's like me pulling a really, really stupid face to my sister and not actually expecting to share it. It was just one of those things that I decided to put it on there. So I think I think like, yeah, it was a bit of a pattern interrupt and and they could probably tell I was just being myself and just mucking about. I wasn't putting anything on. I wasn't putting on an act. Honestly, you point a camera at me, I will pull a silly face. Yeah. It's just my <laughs> it's yeah. just my reaction. Well, I am I'm going to show uh, the audience here that are watching a couple more photographs just to uh, illustrate that point. But, you know, for those of you that are listening to this on a on a listening audio only platform, you're just going to have to come to YouTube and and have a look at these photos or, or go onto Janine's website uh, and have a look because you are I have to say you are very good at pointing. <laughs> I like pointing. You do like pointing. And yeah, there's another pointy. Uh, but and here we go again, I think, just pointing behind that. But, yeah, I mean, it, 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 you're just so exuberant with it. It just, you know, it's you, it's your brand, um, and it's it's just... I've got yeah. a story about that, those photos with the yellow top on. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this because I, I realised midway through the photo shoot I had a big stain under my boob. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I had to, like, cover... I was, I was covering. Oh, uh, well, yeah, well hidden. <laughs> yeah. Well hidden. There's yeah. a reason for everything. <laughs> so it, it's obviously been a, um, a conscious decision to come across in this sort of very bright, exuberant way. Um, how, how did that come to you? And is that something that, coming from the corporate background, that you suddenly feel like you've kind of been a bit unleashed? Yeah, I mean, I have to say that first video of me mucking about with the pearls, Pearl Gate, um, that was the the biggest sort of unleashing of the real me. I think up until then, I'd been writing posts and I'd found my voice, I'd found my tone of voice, and I was writing sort of um, tongue in cheek, and I was I was approaching sort of sounding like me. But the the video was the was really like this is it this is me um, I am silly I am I like fun and uh, I did I had sort of written down in a corporate style because I am an ex corporate marketer I wrote down what I wanted my brand to be like what did I want my brand to stand for and positivity was one of them I just want to chuck out positivity I just you know I want to be a, a radiator for sort of fun and positive and when people say they see my stuff and smile that that's half of the half of the job really not everybody will be in a position to work with me want to work with me even need to work with me but um if they see my posts and smile that sort of that makes me feel good excellent yeah I love that I love that that's that's so nice um I mean and, and in terms of sort of confidence you were saying that you you found the confidence you had at primary school because I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a big, big believer in playing as adults. You know, I'm a drama tutor. Oh, I've been, and I love getting in a room with a, a group of adults and just getting. Uh, I don't always play myself, but I love to watch other people play. <laughs> so I get them doing improvisation and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I think we it, it's so important. And it is, it does go back to what I was doing at primary school and how I enjoyed myself and how I I played. And so is that something that you have come back to? 
Yeah, I just think when I think about myself in primary school, I was bold as brass, full of fun, larking about trying to make people laugh, um, eager to get in front of an audience. And then you sort of get older and I was always told, I mean, I'm I'm sure a lot of people had this, don't show off in front of your friends, stop showing off, you know, let your sister have a go, this kind of thing. Um, And you learn, it was like, oh, okay, you're not meant to, you're not meant to push yourself out. You're not meant to boast. You're not meant to be the center of attention. And um, that was, I mean, it wasn't just that. Um, I had um, not a great time in secondary school. It wasn't the worst but it was, it was not fun. And it took me a long time to realize, I don't know, I lost myself a bit. Hmm. And then it really, you know, as I hit my thirties, then I started, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Maybe it was having the kids and just got comfortable with myself. And, and then bit by bit, I started finding, finding my way home. Yeah. And then the, and then the whole, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? I found myself on LinkedIn. <laughs> I learned to love myself. I found self-love on LinkedIn. They should, yeah. they should have me as a campaign. Yeah. Um, a face of a, an advertising campaign. But yes, you know, that was that was the real final step almost. It was like, oh my God, I'm completely myself. I'm being a complete idiot. People are enjoying it. Yeah. Um, I'm in, mostly, I'm enjoying it. And this feels like the real me. I'm finally back to the real me and happy to, you know, I, I get nervous about speaking gigs and um, that kind of thing. But I think that's normal. Yes. But, you know, I'm like, yay, this is me. I'm being me and I'm, I can be normal. I don't have to put a mask on. I, yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's, a, I, I think people out there listening will think that, that's unusual on LinkedIn to actually kind of find that. But I've, I certainly have over the last year. Um, I've connected with more people on LinkedIn. I've been mm. to more networking through LinkedIn. And it does, it kind of gives you the confidence to be yourself. Mm. And, you know, that LinkedIn is sort of a very kind of what people assume is that kind of staid business, you know, where I didn't come from a corporate background. I didn't come from a business background. I came from a drama and theatre background um mm. so it was all a bit alien to me so I spent the first year trying to speak the speak trying to look the part trying mm. you know all of those things and actually that's not what people want that's not why people connect with you they don't you know they come they come to you because you're bright and positive and enthusiastic and that's what they love about you they don't want to see corporate Janine they don't want to see you in a you know in your twin set and pearls <laughs> you know they they want to they want to see the real you and actually that's that's something that I think does build confidence in people and so if you were giving people um advice on how to find their own voice because obviously this is not for everybody you know pointing and dressing up and you know doing doing their brand the way that you do yours how how, what advice would you give to someone to to sort of be able to find what it is that makes their brand unique I think find a medium that you enjoy. Like I have clients that are writers. I have clients that are definitely not writers. So find, you know, do you enjoy talking? Do you enjoy writing? Do you enjoy video? And just start exploring your thoughts and your opinions and your approach on things. 
Um, and specifically, like I love that point you're making, you don't have to be out there, you don't have to be exuberant. That's not everybody, not everybody wants to be silly or lark about. Some people are a bit, you know, are more thoughtful, maybe even academic. Um, so it's nice to seek people out like that and sort of then you can sort of see how other people approach it because I know loads of, for instance, um, introverts and they're still showing up and they're still showing their face. They're not necessarily on video, but they're they're sharing their voice, they're showing the point of view and they're just coming at it from a much calmer perspective. There are loads of people out there like that that you can perhaps take courage from and go, oh, okay, there's another way to do it and, you know, I think that that's that must be encouraging to see people like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you see a lot of this. I've I've heard a lot of people recently say that um, I'm an introvert that has to be extroverted, you know, in order to sell. Um, but I think you're right. I think it's just finding something that you're comfortable with, because mm. I think even the people that we look at and think, oh, they're really extrovert. Most of the time, they're not. You know, we mm. all have a, a quiet side. I certainly do. Um, you know, I don't like putting myself out there on video necessarily because it's it's just a perfection thing, isn't it? You, I certainly suffer from that kind of, well, I, I'm not putting it out if it's not perfect, which is one one reason I love doing the podcast is because I can just talk and be me and I don't I don't worry about that because it's not about me it's about you yeah <laughs> so so really you know that that kind of pressure is taken off and I can understand people feeling that but I think it's I think you're right I think everybody needs to find their own way of of selling what it is that they do we're not ending here just taking a quick break to remind you that you are listening to power to speak the podcast with my guest Janine Coombs and there will be more wise words from Janine after we hear from our friend fellow podcaster and teller of tantalizing tales from the storytelling with puck podcast Stefano Capacchione The story I'll, I'll read for you. The once with three little girls. This is a dream that I think really shows how we view transformation. Dreams, emotions, empathy, connection, stories. Storytelling with Puck. Find your next tantalizing tale on your favorite podcast platform or at puckcreations.com forward slash storytelling with Puck podcast. So you recently have done lives, which is something, again, that I need to do <laughs> and I have been meaning to do for a long time. Um, how how has that been? Because you did like 26 days. You did every single day, every single letter of the alphabet. Yes, I did take my birthday off. I thought, you know yeah. what, I'm going to I'm going to take today off. Um, it was good because it forced me to do it every day and I got back into the habit of it. And, it, you know, as I've mentioned, I hadn't been as active well, previously. Seven days, seven days a week. Or did you? Yes. Just, it was seven days. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did Saturday and Sunday as well, which my husband was really happy about. He's like, what are you going to do at the weekend? What if we have to go out? And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's fine. Um, I have to say towards the end, I switched to video. Um technical technical LinkedIn stuff I wasn't getting very good reach on the lives the live platform so I switched to video towards the end but yes I've I learned a lot I learned a lot what did I think you if learn? I, what well I mean technical stuff about live video on LinkedIn um I was going live 
uh, on Facebook as well. But I think um, it would have lent itself better to a regular slot, like once a week, I'm going to go live about this topic and um, build up the audience over time so people could expect me to be there. And I think I, I was doing like little snippets. I was doing short videos, whereas lives, I think the point of a one hour live per week is not that people turn up for the whole hour. They have the opportunity to dip in and out and people who dip in and listen a bit can comment. And that that kind of gets the algorithm going, whereas I was yeah. nipping on. Um, and by the time people had noticed I was online, then yeah. I was off. And then there's technical things about LinkedIn Live. You can't comment. I couldn't comment. So if I saw people comment, I couldn't reply. I had to go in on my phone. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. <laughs> they need to fix it. <laughs> Talk to yeah, John. But, One experience. Let him know. Yeah, yeah. They ought to get John ought to go in there and sort them out. Um, but no, it was really good, and I it was it was a, an interesting um, experiment. Just having to approach my topic my chosen subject of offers from 26 different slightly different angles yeah yeah which the, really the, helped I was like oh okay I, I feel like I need to write 26 blogs now because yeah. as I was talking I was like oh my gosh I have so much to say about this yeah so I think I've got a long list of blogs that I want to write now yeah yeah get them recorded get them uh, transcripts out there and um, because mm. I, I watched I said I think I watched a certainly um I've watched a few um and it must have been very difficult because I think even in A, which was audience, you were swayed by niching, which was obviously the end. So it's like, well, no, I can't talk about that now because mm. I'm talking about that then. Yeah. So uh, that must have been quite difficult to. Yeah, it was, it was an exercise in keeping on topic, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think I noticed that I do stray off, stray off topic. Um but yes, I did. I was like, I must only talk about this thing. And and that is coming. Don't talk about that, Janine. It's coming. It's coming. I can't give N away. I can't give Y away. <laughs> yeah, difficult. But a, a discipline, as you say, probably yeah. worth well doing. Yeah. And then that kind of led up to a webinar that you did. Yes. And so that's, that just seems to me, and as a marketer, you, you might be able to obviously tell me what kind of ROI you would get by doing that sort of consistent live for 26 days and then the webinar and then I mean I'm just just really for our listeners to kind of if they because I certainly am thinking about should I do a webinar should I do a five-day challenge you know and but what is the ROI do you think the return on investment of you actually putting that time in to it's to, really to tricky so I, at the end yeah it's really really tricky so um I mean, it, it depends. I'm still working through the calls that were booked as a result of the webinar. So I don't know how many, I can't, you know, yet say, okay, I've got X pounds of revenue as a result of all this effort. Uh, what I can tell you is um, I had some people approach me for, so the, the result of the webinar was I was launching my group program. Your Sizzling Hot Offer is the name of it. But um, in September, I had quite a few calls booked in for people wanting to work with me one-to-one -one. and I know because of they they told me that they saw me doing the lives and I think it it's one of these things it's a reassuring thing it's like okay yeah. I've just I've just um started to work with a sales and marketing expert 
she's there she's doing it she's she's open with her thoughts i can dip into what she's doing i can see people commenting and i think it has this sort of halo effect on you know people who are already deciding whether to work with you or not yeah so it's not um, even sometimes it's not even monetary it's kind of no limited. yeah and i did honestly i started doing the 26 days for visibility that was that was one of the main reasons it was like come on i've been off video practically for 2 years i need to get my face back on there yeah and um so that was predominantly why i did it i was just like i need people to remember who i am yes so that was actually the number one reason and i thought well i might as well culminate it in a in a uh, in a webinar yeah yeah brilliant um i was just thinking about obviously when i first saw you on video you had that very sort of straight fringe and the, and the, the sort of the it was a very very specific look whereas now mm -hmm. you've come back two years later it's a lot softer and you know is that is that something that sort of happened naturally or is that something that you decided to do no as with <laughs> all of your <laughs> questions seem to answer I seem to be answering them with no there was no thought process at all <laughs> um, what happened was um a, a few months ago my hair had grown down to my elbows well, we got we got this. Yeah, oh, you, can, you can't see it there, but it's down my back. It's down my yeah. back. So it grown down to my elbows because of uh, you know lockdown, and I couldn't be bothered to go to the hairdresser. And I was moving house. Uh, actually, that I, I had it cut before I moved house. Um, and I thought, oh, I just I'll donate it. I'll donate it to charity because you know there's those charities that make wigs for kids um, who are going through chemo and what have you. I thought I just I'll just cut it off. I've always I'd always been thinking about it, but I'd never grown my hair long enough. I thought that, you know, might as well. I'll go for a short bob. And I had my friend's hairdresser over um, to my house where there's no mirrors. And I just assumed she'd done this before. So I didn't really brief her very well. And she put the she put the ponytails in. I couldn't see where she'd done it. She'd done it quite high. And she just hacked it off and said, oh, we're going to have to go shorter than a, a bob. Oh, no. Uh, because I've cut it an angle. So we're going to have to go shorter. I was like, oh, my goodness. Okay um okay breathe I started sweating profusely and looking back I just I'm just like why didn't you just stop and we could have had a chat and say okay this has happened let's see what our options are but instead she just she just started snipping 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 hair was flying 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 I was like <laughs> oh my god and she, she said um oh I used to have a feathered bob uh, no a feathered crop I used to have a feathered crop and I was like Number one, I did not want a crop. You didn't, she didn't need to go that short. And number two, feathered is not a hairstyle that I wanted to be associated with. But anyway, I mean, she asked me if I wanted a photo of the of the end result. And honestly, I was mortified. She'd done it round with a with a like um a, a round brush. It I looked properly frumpy. Oh. Really, really, really frumpy. Um, I just couldn't. You know, I mean, I put my face out there looking like a right old numpty, but <laughs> I just, I was like, I can't have anyone seeing me like this. It was so embarrassing. I, ra mm -hmm. I ran upstairs as soon as she'd gone. As soon as I said thank you very much and gave her her money, because that's what we do, isn't it? Yes, yes. No, we do. We do. Thank you. Goodbye. Wait, wait, Here's your money. <laughs> I stuck, I ran upstairs and stuck my head under the shower. So I do have a, a picture of the after, after I've stuck my head under the shower um it was very very short but now I like, yeah I mean it's great it's obviously grown out yeah it's 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 
But you know, I quite like it. I like quite it. I think, it's, I think it's nice. I mean, I didn't recognise you when I I saw you in person at you. You are the media from from the videos. Yeah, it's I very seen different, isn't it? Yes, I was very used to seeing you with that kind of you know very regimented bob, and actually, it's just a lot softer and a lot lot nicer. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So it. I feel like she might have done me a favour. I didn't want to admit yeah. it at the time, but she might have done me a favour. It's it's yeah. it's released me because I felt like I couldn't show. See, you're getting the vanity now. You think I'm not vain. I am. I was worried that my my forehead behind my fringe had got too wrinkly. So I, I thought, you know, I can't I can't now go without my fringe because people will see all my wrinkles. No, it's lovely. See, I, I just, well, my hair changes from week to week, so nobody quite knows what I'm going to turn up with. But, yeah, it's uh, part of your brand, isn't it, really? Yeah. And so tell me a little bit about what you wanted to be when you grew up. Because there's, you know, there's there's definitely a performer in you, and I know you sing, um, and obviously there's there's all the stuff with the video. So, is that is that is that what it was? What did you be wanted to be with? Say when you were like nine years old. Um, I don't know whether I'd have said this, but looking back, I, I I think I did want to be French in Saunders, one or the other, or both. Somehow, um, I used to um, reenact their sketches with a friend of mine who was look I think she was quite reluctant to be honest with you I think she just went on, <laughs> along with what I was doing but um yeah but I think I said I mean I my dad was a policeman and I he used to come back and just sound like he was having a whale of a time having a, a laugh with his mates and I thought oh I'm, that sounds like good so I did say at one point I wanted to be a policeman um yeah nothing solid nothing nothing I stuck with no so why marketing then how did that happen um I did a business degree because I couldn't decide what to do <laughs> I couldn't decide I used to envy like people who wanted to be a doctor or people who wanted to do something specific so that they could work towards something but I didn't have anything solid so um after doing not very well in my a-levels I just thought I would choose something that was flexible that could go in several different directions and my the business degree I did you got a taste of HR you got a taste of sort of operations you got a taste of accounting um computing even and marketing seemed the most fun it seemed the most creative and yeah so the final the final year you got to choose your modules I chose all marketing modules yeah yeah, I mean, I think there's, you know, it definitely comes across that there's a, a, a certain amount of creativity in you um, that, that you know, obviously needed to come out somewhere. I just, I'm just on this thing at the moment that actually we all kind of, whatever we were doing as kids, we eventually come back to because we go mm. through that, you know, we go through secondary school where we all kind of get squashed to, mm. you know, quote Tricia. Um, and like you were saying, I don't think anybody has a fantastic experience in secondary school. I think, you know, all that, all that kind of creativity in play is, is discouraged. So by the time we come out, we, we are then looking at what we should do, what, what other people expect us to do, what we think we should do. Um, and so by the time you get, you know, maybe into your 30s, into your 40s, you start thinking, you know, well, maybe, you know, there's something out there that I really want to do. Um, and then I think we kind of come back to it. Would you Would you agree? Yeah, I think you do. It's it's it is weird, but I think the you know me larking about on video. I'm not doing so much of that now, but um, I will be trying to find ways to weave 
comedy into what I do. Uh, and you know, when I write, I try and I try and have a laugh, and it, I write with tongue in you know, it's very tongue in cheek. Some of my stuff, I'm a little bit sarcastic or. Um, we were discussing earlier, I, I like to do tongue-in-cheek bravado and, and pretend that I'm really, really arrogant sometimes, sort of counteract the the sort of, oh, not me, don't look at me. Yeah. Sort of go the other way, but it's yeah. always tongue-in-cheek. Yes, yeah. It's kind of trying to find you, find the diva in you. I quite often yeah. have to dredge up a diva from somewhere just, you know, to, to put yourself out there. Yeah. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think, it, you know who you are in primary school is probably who you are yeah and you're sort of bent out of shape in sort of the you maybe your teens and 20s and then you come back to yourself yeah quite a few people I agree with you I've, I've quite a few people I've had this conversation with and they they say the same it's funny yeah isn't it? yeah it's funny so or it's a shame one or the other <laughs> just go for it um so what is what is the favorite then writing or video or what what do you enjoy most oh that's tricky I really really enjoyed the videos um but I think the way I'll approach it now I really have gotten into the writing I think that I don't write I'm not a prolific blog writer but when I do it allows me to really think about um my opinion or my point of view on a certain topic and it allows me to I like I like thinking about research I like trying to make concepts clear I like to get rid of jargon and then I think what I'll do in future is I'll I'll write the blog first and then I'll produce the videos yeah I think that would be the more logical way around to uh, yeah to do it yeah and that's something I'm thinking of as well you know the stuff that I've written is is you know where is the outlet for that because mm. as you say when you're writing stuff I love writing when you're writing stuff you can kind of put all your thoughts out there and then in the process of editing you really kind of find the essence of what it is mm. that you're trying to say um, and then how yeah that's my thing next is how then is it is it video is it solo podcast I've never really done one where I'm just talking to the camera or you know which I suppose is a video <laughs> yeah. so so yeah it's that that for me is the creative side of it and you know I've uh, the podcast I was doing as Atticus Arts which was my incarnation before lockdown um was really about people's creativity and how people in business use their creativity without even really realizing it because so many people I speak to go well, I'm not creative I'm not creative at all and they assume that you know they get mixed up between artists and painters and musicians and actually being creative which is what you do what I do you know just in in writing and putting your thoughts out there doing the research all of those things mm. I think is creative yeah it's funny you should say that because before doing the videos I didn't think of myself as creative either mm. <laughs> how, how silly of you <laughs> so what's what's next I know that the webinar that you did uh is going to be available on replay because I'd love to watch that I missed it first time around so yes so officially it's it's going to expire today but I could do a little a little if if your listeners were interested they could um get in contact and I could send them a replay maybe um but yes I can I can put you on the the VIP guest list fabulous oh that'd be yes. last yes so the the webinar was was about four different elements in your business and I found it quite frustrating that I'd 
I, I was, as usual, trying to jam too much in. So I think I'll do another version of the webinar, which is um, helping people understand whether offers is the right thing to be focusing on right now, but focus purely on the offers. And I might turn into some sort of quiz because I just love a quiz. I think everybody likes a little quick quick quiz fix and you can you can work out you know is is this something I need to work on is it not can I you know where should I be focusing on my efforts um and um I do have a speaking gig coming up next month but I don't know whether I'm officially allowed to talk about it so I'm just going to tantalizingly say that I'm very excited about it and um I haven't written the talk yet so I'm like (laughs) (laughs) do you have a theme I mean obviously you have a theme it's marketing yeah it's going to be Packaging up services, offers, something like that. But um, it's what angle to take. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this is something, again, I'm thinking about doing and I'd love to I'd love to really concentrate or spend the time because it does take time, doesn't it, to put these things together, mm. to do the research, to find, you know, the best way, the most entertaining way to actually educate, really. That's it. And strip it back. It's I, I'm a, I'm a, I tell my clients not to do this, but I do it myself. Stuff too much in. Yeah. You, you try and you know I want to I want to tell them about this and I want to help them with this and that means that I have to talk about this and actually we're far better off in a half an hour slot telling them one thing yes just tell them one thing and uh, tell an engaging story maybe have some stats maybe have some um, some useful you know supporting evidence and then shut up <laughs> yes good advice that's a great tip actually talk about one thing because yeah. as you say, so and I, I do it myself in workshops that I run. You know, you try to get everything in into an hour. You want or to give value, like don't you? you yeah, you're trying absolutely. to give as much value as possible. But in doing so, you're, you're giving them less value somehow because they're not going to absorb all of it. They're going to be better off absorbing one useful thing, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And this is obviously what I tell people about when they're doing these talks is to slow down and not to be frightened of pauses mm-hmm. because your audience needs a chance to actually listen to what it is that you've said and take in what it is that you've said and in order to do that you're going to have to jettison some of your stuff Mm. because you can't you know you can't do that and fit in you know six different subjects all in that half an hour it might have been Trisha Lewis that told me this but apparently when you first stand in front of an audience you almost just have to stand there for a few seconds so people can look at you because anything you say they're not going to listen to they're looking at you they're like who is this person what what do I know about them they're reading your physical cues this you know so you almost just have to stand there and say okay look at me and and then (laughs) you know and then talk a few seconds later yeah and let's just hope they keep applauding while you're standing there it's just not this awkward tumbleweed silence (laughs) (laughs) that would be awkward but you know you have to just sit with it because if it is silence, it's because they're just they're just looking at you. Yeah, you know, yeah. this is what humans do. It's just like, okay, yeah. who's this and again, person? What do I think? Another fantastic piece of advice, actually. Um, what do you do for your own well-being? I know you've just moved to a lovely house with a woodland. So tell us. <laughs> yes, tell us about the woodland. I did watch um, uh, one of the alphabets. I think it was E. You got to E, and I can't remember how the story went, but you ended up showing the audience your garden through the window yeah i um as it's it's reasonably common knowledge now that um humans even when we're making quite seemingly rational purchase decisions we're actually making the decision based on emotion first and then backing it up with the rational reasons and i i often use the example of us moving to this 
particular house, we had these must-haves on our list and then we saw the garden and it came with a little woodland as part of the garden and we just couldn't say no. We were like, oh my God, we have to buy this house. It's in the wrong area. It's it, The layout's not what we wanted. It doesn't have a kitchen diner. It doesn't have this. It doesn't have that. Uh, but we fell in love with the garden and we just had that massive emotional pull that we were like, oh, we have to have this garden. Um, and it does have a little woodland at the bottom and it's it's delightful. It was my daughter's birthday at the weekend and we had some friends over and we had a, a little um, very well contained little fire and yeah. uh, in the in the woodland and toasted marshmallows and then went to the end uh, where all the badges are. And we saw the badges. They come out at night. It was lovely. Oh, well, what about hedgehogs? You're a bit of a hedgehog. We think we have got hedgehogs because we have seen some hedgehog poo around, um, but we haven't actually seen them. We haven't actually seen them themselves. Um, we do, we are, uh, badgers do eat hedgehogs. So I don't know how many hedgehogs are surviving around here, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of the the fact that on your to on your to-do list, on your wish list for this house, this this very, very special place that you've moved to, is are you settled there now and thinking you made the right decision? So the garden was, you know, in, in terms of uh, school catchment, all of those things, all of the, everything that you were moving to, all that research that you did, all those needs and wants, and, and you've ended up with a house that doesn't really... <laughs> tickle those boxes but the garden does so are there are there any regrets no um you know the best schools we're not in the catchment for the best secondary schools but there's a there's a secondary school which which is within catchment and it looks it looks good and the happiness ratings are good and um <laughs> we've just decided you know it's just all the rationality of you know we rationalized it all um, I didn't go to a particularly good secondary school. I was fine and this sort of thing. <laughs> um, but no, it's really, really lovely. It's really lovely. Everybody's very friendly around here. Um, and the kids, the kids' uh, primary school, they're both in primary school. Um, we came from a really amazing primary school where we were. I just didn't think there was any way that they would enjoy it as much, but they they seem to prefer it. Don't know why. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, they've got this gorgeous garden that they can. Well, it helps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> bring, bring all their friends back to. But I think, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. That, that happiness scale sometimes is just, you know, so much more important than what what we think we should have. And it comes back to, you know, what you think you should and what other ex other people expect you to have. And you kind of go, no, well, actually, this is what's good for us. This is, you know, this is mm. number 10 on our, on our happiness scale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it took me a while to settle in, but now I'm like, yes, I feel, I feel more relaxed, and I feel, you know, I feel like I'm getting there now. It took me yeah. a while. Brilliant. Well, just before we end here today, tell us where people can connect with you. I've got a couple of, uh, I think I've got your website. Is that your website? Let's put that up and see if that. There we go. So that's yeah. the website. Where else can people find you? Um, say hello on LinkedIn. It's linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Janine Coombs. Da, da, da. Oh, ticker tape. Look at that. Oh, don't you just love StreamYard? <laughs> well, you're you're you've you've got all the gadgets. Um when I was using StreamYard, I didn't I didn't investigate all these bells and bangles. They're brilliant. 
Yes. Yeah. It doesn't help for the people that are listening at home. Check check us out on YouTube on pod, uh, Power to Speak the podcast on YouTube channel. So you do you you've got a YouTube channel yourself, haven't you? I do. It's just got my old videos on there. I don't I don't use it as a main content outlet at the moment. Yeah. I may yeah. well be in the future, but not at the moment. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Janine. It's been lovely to talk to you. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week. And thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much, Jackie. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. Many thanks to Janine for joining me and sharing her journey and insights into the world of brand, voice and offers. I'll certainly be making sure that from now on, what I offer is what people actually want to buy. That my offers are not lukewarm, but sizzling hot. Janine regained her playfulness and in the process found her voice, which I think is something we could all do. For instance, what did you want to be when you were nine years old and why? Was that dream, ambition quashed as you went through adolescence and adulthood? Rediscover that inner child. You may find that it will lead you to finding your voice. What were your takeaways from our conversation? Connect with me on LinkedIn or contact me through the website powertospeak.co.uk and let me know. And remember, check out some tantalising tales and magical moments from Storytelling with Puck. Find them where you find your favourite podcasts or head over to puckcreations.com forward slash storytelling with Puck podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, then please leave a five star review on whichever platform you're on. And if you'd like to receive information about future guests or would like to know more about Power to Speak coaching, then sign up for our fortnightly newsletter at powertospeak.co.uk. Bye for now.